0: Hello and welcome back to This Week in Workforce, the podcast brought to you by Workforce Solutions Northeast Texas. I am Bart Spivey and always, as always, I'm joined by Jeff Clapp, We are actually back in the studio today after we've been on the road for the last couple of episodes. Uh, And today, Jeff and I are going to talk about the Northeast Texas economy and the job market.
1: That's right. We're going to be covering a lot of the details of um, different things for all the counties that we cover, which includes Bowie, Cass, Franklin, Hopkins, Lamar, Morris, Red River, and Titus counties. In the future, we're going to look a little bit more closer at the individual counties, hopefully. And, you know, as as far as the workforce world goes, we use labor market every day. It's also um, typically referred to as labor market info or LMI. So you'll hear us use those terms throughout. And it helps us by helping us make decisions on training funds offer info to our employers, partners, economic developers, and educators as well, which we'll kind of discuss how we work with all of them as well during this. But Workforce Solutions Northeast Texas hopes to be the, the regional expert on labor market information in the area as well.
0: Yeah, and today we're going to cover several data sets. Uh, and if you're watching this on YouTube, we'll put up some of the charts and graphs we discuss. Uh, but if not, you should be able to... Uh, to um, understand and, and gather this information as we move along. Uh, so first, let's take a look at some numbers that most people have probably heard of, uh, including population, labor force, uh, employed persons, and unemployed persons. Uh, so as of March 2023, the total population of the Northeast Texas region, which were those nine counties Jeff mentioned earlier, was 277,441. Um, so that's the total population. But when we talk about labor force, not everyone is included in that uh, because everyone, for, one, for instance, everyone's not old enough to have a job uh, and others are not actively trying to be in the labor force. And I'll explain a little bit of that. So of that 277,000, uh, we have about 211,000 in the 16 plus civilian population. Uh, so we take out those uh, that are that are under 16 and those that are in active military. We uh, we also remove another 83,797 people who are not actively uh, trying to be in the labor force, which gives us the region's labor force total labor force of 127,283. Uh, and a a better way to state that that um, that you might be able to understand. Think of it this way: we start with total population. We remove those uh, people that are under 16 or or in active military duty to get that civilian population. Then we remove those people that are retired, going to school full time, are not actively looking for work. And we're left with the actual labor force, which is the combination of people who are working uh, or people who are not working but are actively looking for work. The Northeast Texas Labor Force is as high as it's been in more than 15 years. Uh, that 127,000 I mentioned is very high for the region, uh, and we've been steadily growing um, over the last, last few years. The breakdown of the current labor force includes 121,354 people who are employed and 5,929 people who are unemployed but looking for work. And that's a, an important distinction there. There are some people that are unemployed uh, but they're not actively looking for work, uh, maybe they're, uh, they stay at home or they're going to school or they're retired. And so those people are not actually included in the, in the labor force. Uh, and so you take those two numbers and the unemployment rate, which most people have heard of and seen, um, that is the uh, percentage of unemployed persons uh, who are actively looking for work compared to the total labor force for the region.
1: So when we know that labor force and the participation rate of those that are in those groups, that's a really powerful thing for employers to know. Um, We have many employers and job seekers alike that kind of ask about those things because it lets them kind of get a little bit of an edge on, um, I guess, their hiring or job search. Because if there's a high unemployment rate, more than likely there's more job seekers competing for jobs and employers can be a little bit more restrictive on hiring. So it ends up becoming what's called an employer market where there's more job seekers than there are jobs available. So employers can can be a little bit pickier, I guess, if you want to call it that way. Right. Um, with low employment, unemployment, it's, the job seekers get to be more restrictive. They can actually go out and they're comp- the employers end up competing for the job seekers. And that's kind of a job seeker market when there's more jobs than there are job seekers around. Mm. So both trends have their advantages and disadvantages for each group involved, but there's another statistic that you can look at. And if we look at just the Texarkana MSA or the Metropolitan Statistical Area, we can compare the number of um, unemployed persons to the number of openings out there. So if it's a low number, um, there's possibly a job seeker market because that means there's more job seekers per job that's out there. If it's a high number, it's more of an employer market because it means there's more job seekers per job out there. Or, I'm sorry, more. Yeah, that's correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> always get that one confused. <laughs> um, so back in September of 2018, if we look back a few years, it was at 2.1%. And then during the pandemic, around April of 2020, it kind of skyrocketed up to about 6.8. Um, and then in July of 2022, we had an influx of a lot of employers hiring, trying to kind of get everything back in order. And it dropped down to 0.86. So it right then, it was really um, a job seeker market. I mean, right. an employer, a, a job seeker could choose any job right. they wanted almost. Yeah. And then in January of 2023, it kind of went back up to the 2.0 rating about where we were in 2018. Mm -hmm. So if we look at those type things, it can really help, but we kind of have to know that there's positions out there too. So in the last year alone in workintexas.com, we've had over 4,000 positions, and there's 4,077 positions that have been posted in there, which represents about 941 employers across our region. And if we look at just the top 10 that posted um, in the last year, then we've got RPM staffing in Paris, or that covers Paris, Mount Pleasant, and Sulphur Springs. We've got Graphic Packaging International at their Tex Mill that's around here. The Texas Department of Transportation, which handles all of our Northeast Texas region. And then True Green, which is a landscaping company that covers a lot of Northeast Texas all the way down to Tyler. And then the LHC. LHC group, which is home health and hospice for Chris's health systems. The Texas Department of Criminal Justice, which is the new Boston, Texas uh, location, the Telford unit. And then Coca-Cola Southwest Beverages here in Texarkana. The Texas Department of Family and Protective Services, which covers all of our regions as well. Mm -hmm. Campbell Soup Company in Paris. And Aya Healthcare, which is a travel healthcare company that works all across the United States. So, I mean, if you just look at those, there's a large group of a variety of employ, or positions that would be mm-hmm. available with all of them. Uh, if we look at the same time frame um, just a year previous, so from 21 to 22, there's 3,772 positions that were posted. And, and that's kind of a, a good thing to see because we see that variety still with both of them but we see that we had more positions. So Bart, would you think that current market was more job seeker or employer market?
0: Yeah, I think we're definitely in a job seeker market, meaning we have a high supply of job openings compared to the number of available job seekers. Um, I think we're in an interesting position in workforce, in the economy, in the labor market coming out of the pandemic as we continue to transition out of that. And some things that um, some characteristics of the workforce during that during the pandemic may continue. We may continue to see those for several years. Um, you know, I think job seekers are more likely to change jobs in this type of market, uh, even if they have a job. If there's jobs available that they they feel better fits their schedule or pays more, more opportunities, things like that, they're uh, they're more likely to switch. Um, and i think that creates a constant churn of those job openings so if if somebody that has a job takes another job that one job openings fill but it also creates another one so you've got constant churn in in the market like that uh and i think this is a generational difference we we saw that that type of uh movement between jobs before the pandemic but i think the pandemic and this increase in the number of available jobs is really uh really showcased that movement in the in the job market
1: right i mean that trend does seem to be be heading a lot of that way right now i mean with the especially with the the change in the market like you said it with the pandemic it increased those abilities for people to do remote positions and i think that really opened up more i guess more Competition between employers too, yeah. because you've got those that we used to not have to worry about that are now able to to access that same labor pool. Right. So, yeah.
0: And you mentioned, um, I forget the the time frame, but we had the the point eight six positions for per job seeker. Right. So that um, we we saw something new during that time, known as the uh, the Great Resignation. So that was when people were. Not even just moving jobs; they were quitting jobs they had before they even had the opportunity of another job. People were moving jobs so much that they were willing to quit their current job because they knew they could get another one right. based on how many were out there. So that was kind of a, a unique thing that we saw during the during the pandemic. Uh, so let's now let's take a look at job growth in our region. Uh, So over the last five years, uh, jobs have increased by 2.9% in Northeast Texas in our nine counties. And that's a uh, that translates to the addition of about 3,300 new jobs. So this tracked pretty close to national growth during that time as well. Um, And jobs are projected to continue to grow over the next five years, reaching 129,000 by the year 2027. Uh, so we talk about these jobs, but we also need to consider where these jobs are. What industries employ the most people in Northeast Texas? Uh, and this is important because it's important to us uh, and and some of our partners in workforce because it dictates several things, including the types of training programs our high schools and and colleges offer, uh, and the focus of many of our workforce programs are dictated by those. Industries that employ the most people, that hire the most people, that that type of thing. So, um, if you're like I said, if you're following on YouTube, you'll see a graph uh, that shows the region's largest industries by jobs, and then there's also a uh, a, uh, a mark on there that shows the uh, the national average for that industry for a region of our size. So we're comparing ourselves to a similar type of region. Um, the region's, according to this graph, the region's largest industry is government, but that is a little misleading for those that, that live around here and kind of understand our employers. Uh, the region's largest employer is Red River Army Depot, uh, just outside of Texarkana, which is a military overhaul and maintenance facility. Uh, because this is a federal facility, many of their employees are classified as government. So those employees show up In this in this industry labeled as government, uh, when they would more accurately be classified as manufacturing based on the type of work they're doing. So that's just something to uh, to to point out there, uh, because somebody might think, you know, why where are all these government jobs? But that's uh, that's the reason that that's so high for the uh, for the region. But some other industries uh, that we have a the Northeast Texas region has a higher concentration. Of these industries compared to the national average for a region our size is, like I mentioned, government, manufacturing, healthcare, social assistance, retail trade, accommodation, food services, wholesale trade, agriculture and utilities. And now let's look at some of the so that's existing jobs. Right. That's that's what we currently have. Let's take a look at some of our top-growing industries, and our top three are manufacturing, retail, trade, and construction. Uh, manufacturing is the largest industry based on location quotient and gross regional product as well. And you heard me mention manufacturing and, and all of those lists, but um, it's really important to our region. Manufacturing is um, it, the, the wages that manufacturing pay is – Uh, higher than, than the average wages. Um, there's more opportunities for, uh, employees to advance their careers. Um, it's really just a, a good thing for the region that manufacturing has such a strong presence here. So let's, uh, next let's look at, we looked at the industries. Let's look at the size of our businesses. Um, and this is something that I don't think a lot of people realize, um, Again, I've got a, a graph uh, on the screen for the YouTube version here, uh, but looking at the business, the number of businesses in the northeast re- northeast Texas region broken ba- broken down by the number of employees they have. Um, so, just in general, most people are aware of our large employers in the region. You know, they either know somebody that works there, they drive by it on their way to work, they they know about Red River Army Depot, and they know about. Uh, Prefer manufacturing in Mount Pleasant and Campbell Soup and um, Saputo and, and Sulphur Springs. They see these places and they these these employers employ a lo- large amount of people. So there's a good chance that they know somebody that worked there. They may, may have even worked there themselves. Um, but our small businesses in the region can often be overlooked. So the largest number of businesses in the region are those between that have between one and four employees. And in fact, businesses with fewer than 20 employees. So if you take all the employers in the region and just look at those that employ 20 or fewer people, those businesses make up 86% of the total number of businesses in Northeast Texas. So that, uh, that demonstrates the importance of supporting small businesses, um, not only for that reason, but also because, with the support, those, those small businesses can grow, you know, and become those, those larger businesses. We have several examples of family-owned businesses that started here in Northeast Texas uh, as a small employer, maybe with 20 or fewer employees, and have grown uh, and added jobs uh, over the years. And that's a good way for the economy to grow uh, through the support of these, uh, of these small businesses.
1: We've uh, talked about a a number of statistics already. Um, We've talked about the number of job seekers, our participation rate, how the job orders can be affected, how major companies are posting, and the various uh, sections of growth that we've had. Even, as Bart just mentioned, how how much of an impact that the small businesses make in the area as well. And another factor we have to look at, and we kind of touched on this earlier, is the age of our workforce because we've got a large group um the baby boomer generation for many years a whole generation actually um they were the largest group that had grown the population they counted for about 21 percent of our total u.s population and right now they count for about a quarter of our our workforce so they're all kind of getting a little older in age. They might not, they might still be young at heart, but <laughs> <laughs> um, sometimes it's hard for our bodies to say yes when our mind does. Yeah, they're,
0: <laughs> they're ready to retire. Right. And
1: that's something that businesses and employees, I mean, coworkers, anybody that's looking for a job has to kind of keep in mind as well because we're losing a fourth of our workforce basically with them. I mean, the next generation we get into, which counts for another fourth of our workforce, is Gen X, which is between 42 and 58 right now. So they're kind of hot on the heels of the boomer, baby boomer generation. So, yeah. <laughs> um, which, like I say, that counts for another quarter. So there's half of our workforce right there. And then the millennial and Gen Z generation counts for the other 50%. So that's anyone 16 to 41 right now that's there. And that group is is the one that's really kind of driving the changes in the workforce and many of them for a positive way. Um, but when, th- with all those, we have to kind of think about how are we going to replace those people that we're losing? Um, not because they're not good employees, but we've got those that are retiring and then others that are stepping up into those roles. So it opens up more positions like we talked about and, So the only way to kind of replace those is to look at our education system, which is our next largest partner, really, next to employers. uh, The education system's kind of right there with us too, and we both work hand in hand with the employers to kind of grow the the local economy as well. And we've got quite a few colleges and universities that offer workforce programs to help the local region grow. Um, We've got Kiamichi Technology Center in Oklahoma, Northeast Texas Community College. Um, Paris Junior College, Southeastern Oklahoma State University, Texarkana College, Texas A and M University in Texarkana, the University of Arkansas Community College in Hope in Texarkana, and the University of Arkansas for Medical Science. All of those um, offer a diverse set of, of educational opportunities for different companies and different uh, industries as well. But you notice we mentioned quite a few in there that were out of out of the state of texas as well and that's because we work with employers not only in just texas but we touch on those that are in oklahoma and arkansas and well as well because they employ many from our area also so it lets us be something of kind of a unique region Uh, there's not too many regions um like ours where we border the state and we work with everybody really um a lot of times, states will stop at their border. <laughs> right. And But that lets us be something of a unique region, and a lot of that's because of the I-30 corridor. And running right between here and Dallas, we end up being that that stomping ground between Little Rock and Dallas mm-hmm. and Oklahoma City and New Orleans. So, Yeah. <laughs> um, but, Bart, can you tell us a little bit more about how that travel really affects our community?
0: Yeah, so when we talk about travel from a... Uh, from a workforce or an economic development standpoint, we talk about commuting patterns. Uh, and when we look at that, we look at the inbound versus outbound migration of workers in the region. Inbound workers are those that live outside the region but drive into the region for work, uh, and outbound is just the opposite, are those that live within the region but drive outside for work. Uh, and a, little, a better way to visualize that, uh, if you think of it this way, if Jeff lived in Hope, Arkansas, but he drives to Texarkana, Texas for work. That would make him an inbound worker for the Northeast Texas region. But if I lived here in Texarkana and drove to Hope, Arkansas for work, I would be an outbound worker. Uh, so for the region, for any region, if you, if you want to uh, attract new employers, if you want to grow your existing employer base, you need that inbound migration of workers for the most part, especially the rural, rural region like uh, Northeast Texas. Uh the the data set we're looking at here is a little older this uh this was from 2020 but the region uh has a net migration of 1464 inbound workers so that means if you take all the inbound workers and all the outbound workers we have 1464 more inbound which is a good thing for the region again um and then the number i didn't mention are just those that that live in the region and work in the region You know, we don't is looking at commuting patterns for the region as a whole. We don't really consider those. It's just those that are either driving in or driving out for uh, for work and commuting patterns. And I've learned this the last several years are important for a few reasons, especially to our economic developers Uh, when they're promoting the region and the workforce to an employer who's considering. Uh, Maybe moving here, or if we have an existing employer whose whose corporate office is considering uh, adding a new line, adding new jobs, adding a new facility, we have to show them that we have the workforce available to support that new business. Because if if we don't, if we don't have the type of workers uh, or the number of workers they need, uh, their business is not going to succeed here. So we have to show them that we have that that workforce. to, uh, to support that expansion or that new facility. Um, and one of the ways we do that is by showing them uh, the regional uh, commuting patterns. Um, for instance, when we look at, let's say we're looking at a, an employer who might be moving here to Texarkana, uh, we're not just going to show them the workers living in Texarkana because we all know that workers in uh, Texarkana, Arkansas, and maybe in Oklahoma Louisiana are going to be willing to drive uh that distance to get to to get to the work and to have this type of job so we need to show them that that pool of workers is available through these commuting patterns and this net migration um because those people are candidates uh for that employer and it it's really important for us to to have the jobs, uh, the good pay, high-paying jobs that people are willing to drive from outside the region into our region, uh, as opposed to having people in our region drive outside, because that, you know, we we want to keep these people in the region to support our businesses and to and to support them and their families as well.
1: Right, and that brings up a, a real good point: is if we have a lot of people coming in from other areas they may see things in the in our cities too that they don't have available nearby theirs right. so, since they're working here. Yeah. That's supporting some of those small businesses yeah. we talked there's, about. And there's the, the regi-
0: residuals of, you know, uh, going out to eat or shopping or, you right. know, all kinds of things that are, that are positive from, uh, from inbound migration. Okay.
1: So there's a lot of info here that we've discussed and a lot to look forward to with some of the growth that we've talked about. There's many new businesses coming to Northeast Texas region as well and um, if you want to find out some of them, you can probably look a lot of the Texas or the city chamber of commerce right. that you're in. A lot of times, they have those lists of new employers that are going to be in there as well. And there's a lot of growth coming. I mean, we can see that kind of already with the increase in job orders and the the increase in bi- various businesses. And there there may be some bumps along the way, but there's no growth or expansion without any hurdles to overcome. Sometimes. So with many of the programs that Workforce Solutions uh, has available, there's options that we have available. We can help with employers and job seekers as well, take advantage of those growths and those opportunities to be able to expand not only their business, but maybe some of the skills they have as well. So.
0: Okay. So before we wrap up, uh, we, talk, we mentioned a lot of data sets today, a lot of information. Um, if you want more information on this, this type of data, uh, there's a couple of places that you can gather it. One is our website at netxworkforce.org. Um, if you go to that website, we, we post the monthly updates on unemployment rates and uh, employed, unemployed, labor force. All of that is, is posted monthly under the news section. Uh, so the if you're looking for it, the most up-to-date month will be there. Uh, We also have some other things. If you go under our employer tab and then labor market information, there's several pieces there uh, that you can use. Uh, We also have an email address. If you have something specific, a specific question, uh, you can email us and we'll get that information to you. Uh, Additionally, the state of Texas has a lot of good information on their website, which is texaslmi.com. They have a lot of information for the entire state, You can go in there and and they have some uh, some videos that kind of explain how each of the uh, of the programs they have work. So a couple of good spots to get information from. So uh, for Jeff and myself, thank you for listening to us today. You can find This Week in Workforce on your favorite podcast platform or you can watch the video version on YouTube and please hit subscribe.